And I'll ask you the question again. Did you die this year? You did die this year. Right. Now, why are you in this house? You shouldn't really be here. You understand that, do you? You understand that you really shouldn't be in this house. You do understand you shouldn't be in this house. You do. That was, again, two knocks. <laughs> it's now doing the rat tat 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 Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Are you having a game with me? Hello and welcome to the Tea and Grumpus podcast and episode 2 of our 2021 Halloween special Poltergeists. I am one of your hosts, Glenn. And I'm the other one, Mike. And for those who are not aware of what a poltergeist is, um, I will point you to the Tobe Hooper film Poltergeist to fill you in. And if you go off and watch that, I'll give you five seconds, pause the episode, and then come back. And for those still listening, or if you're just returning, uh, a poltergeist, which is German for loud ghost or noisy spirit, is a type of ghost or spirit that is responsible for physical disturbances, such as loud noises and objects being moved or destroyed. Most claims about or fictional descriptions of poltergeists show them as capable of pinching, biting, hitting, and tripping people. They are also depicted as capable of the movement or levitation of objects such as furniture and cutlery, or noises such as knocking on doors. Um, Which, just as an aside, I'd say they have a pretty good career in furniture movement or the waiting industry. Uh, So, Mike... You are of a uh, slight Germanic descent. What are your thoughts on the word poltergeist to start with? Do you think it conjures up well, an image? Uh, yeah, it does conjure up. Um, uh, well, the definition, poltern, which means crash, and geist, which is spirit or ghost. I did not know poltern. And I can understand German almost fluently, so um, that's news to me. Um, no, it, I Growing up with a German household, I never heard the word poltergeist. It never came out of anyone's mouth. So um, there were ghost stories, but there was never malevolent ghost stories, which uh, the poltergeist seems to be not friendly. So I actually went and searched up friendly poltergeist. And of course, there's like a band called your friendly neighborhood poltergeist. But from what I understand, poltergeists are not your friends. They do not want you here and they are pissed off. So um, I don't have any personal connection. And we were talking before the show, this seems to be strictly European. Um, Because over in America, we don't put up with that. If things start moving in our house, we burn it down. (laughs) If if 
if people are getting thrown into walls, we blow it up. Like, we don't put up with that. That's why you never hear about poltergeists in the U.S. Because, like, we just take out our guns and shoot it. So, um, but you, on the other hand, and uh, your side of the world seem to be haunted by these apparitions way more than we do. So, do you have... Did you hear about this growing up? Do you have any connection with this? Yeah, I, ha- I have no. I haven't actually ever experienced any poltergeist phenomena because um, I think I would probably still be recovering to this day. Uh, should anything be thrown at me uh, from a supernatural unseen entity, um, but I grew up well versed in the stories of poltergeists uh, because they are essentially part of British and European folklore. Um, they do seem a very British thing. Um, some of the best cases of poltergeists are from the UK. Uh, and there's always a, I, I think they're the idea of, is that something you really want to boast about though? That's like, well, some of the best cases of racism is from the United States. Like, like, like come on, <laughs> that's, that's not really what we want to be touting but okay no but, um I, no yeah i just think that um i think it's something to, probably to do with the age of the country there's a lot of stories that get passed down um, everything you're saying can a, be said about america there's, with there's a lot races. of energy okay yeah um but you know poltergeists have been there in stories as long as humans have been writing stuff down in the dirt uh about you know tricksters and specters that will move things and unseen forces it's it's generally what you think they are and that's what we want to discuss today is what is a poltergeist is it a build-up of psychic energy that you know manifests around a child on the verge of puberty or going through puberty is it a spirit that's interacting is it something completely different or is it static in the air um there are certainly there's very well documented reports of course nothing this is the thing isn't it it's one of those things that you need to see it to believe it um because a lot of the stories of <coughs> poltergeists and famous cases have been partially debunked um the famous one probably probably the most famous poltergeist case in the world is probably the enfield poltergeist um which happened about 40 miles from where i live uh and you've got that famous photo of the young girl janet supposedly being thrown out of her bed uh but many people have looked at it i'll put this in the show notes and said she was jumping uh but then you have got you know in contrast to this you do have two police officers uh who wrote a police report saying a chair moved across the room in their presence in this house um but then do we take the words of two police officers but these people are legally obliged to actually tell the tell the truth when filling in their police report so i probably would take the word of a police officer a bit more than a 13 year old girl um now there is a great thing you turned me on to for people that want more because we have done an episode on the enfield poltergeist mm-hmm. which you can find you turned me on to a audio drama i believe um it has to do with this case, correct? Or am I thinking uh, of something else? It's a else? different case. It's one of the ones we will talk about today. But uh, yes, oh. uh, the Battersea Poltergeist. 
Um, incredible incredible if you are if you are listening to this podcast go listen to that one because yeah. you'll like it but um nine parts sorry, episodes yeah, go ahead uh it's incredible i i'm not even going to attempt to sum it up on this it's just a a woman Inf- a woman a girl that basically has a 20 year experience with a poltergeist that claims to be um well just go listen to the episodes it's a very good story even if you don't think it's supernatural it's worth it just for how well put together this is that's the bbc's uh the battersea poltergeist uh fantastic how it's done well essentially it's really just uh, bbc as we know is it does everything well this was voice acted and they interviewed the actual woman yeah over the uh, over the whole nine episodes so you're hearing it like from the source and uh they don't just a quick it's not a spoiler it's really more of you know an advertisement they don't pull punches they ask her like uh people said you were lying like this can be easily disproven what do you think like it was really well done to the point uh, of you know being a ghost story and being a skeptic which is why i liked it so much but that's my take on it yeah they did actually accuse her of uh you know the parapsychologists have said you're making it up and she's like, well, uh, I'm pretty old now, and I can tell you only what I experienced. Uh, but, you know, yeah. again, this is another one where uh, this this girl was fired from her job as a seamstress uh, because scissors kept going missing and stuff kept getting moved at work. And they did actually check, and people did corroborate. They said, yes, stuff did move at where we worked. We did see some weird stuff, and all the scissors did go missing. Uh, and she was dismissed from her job um, because she had this thing attached to her. That she basically said, like, well, we can't have that sort of thing going on here. You need to leave. So back in 50s Britain, um, as mad as it sounds, uh, it seems preposterous today that you could actually lose your job due to a poltergeist. But that's seemingly what happened. Anyway, um, back to what we think they are we have uh, many famous cases of poltergeists uh to pick from but we still haven't really talked about what it is and what it isn't yes and, i mean you uh, we have but so i'm just going to go down the list i mean parapsychologists don't agree on what they are uh they don't know if it's a type of ghost a supernatural entity or like energy like you said earlier but they, they're not sure because like a ghost is a ghost a demon is a demon. But a poltergeist could be a lot of things because you generally don't see it, but you know it's there. Um, and it seems that in most of the cases that poltergeists tend to prefer women to men. Mm-hmm. But we will see that is not always the case in our upcoming cases. Um, as you put, a lot of them are have been proven to be fakes. Uh, but... Their general job is to mess with your stuff. Uh, if you are just sitting there, they will throw something at your face. They will turn up your thermostat. They will cause vengeance. And it generally doesn't happen all at once. There's a crescendo. It starts with a picture moving, a key being uh, moved, you know, something small. And as time goes on, things get progressively worse to the point where possibly the house could bleed or whatever you, you, you could imagine. But, um there's a lot to think about it and from what i gather it feeds off of your emotional 
state and stress. The more stressed you become, the higher the activity becomes. So if you're having a bad day and you know you're coming home to a poltergeist, like, I just can't imagine being peaceful with a poltergeist around and it feeds off of that. Um, but a lot of people put it down to just, you know, misinterpretation that, hey, the picture fell. Hey, you have a string attached to a chair. Like, um, you know, I'm very skeptical, but then uh, how much bad stuff can happen in a house? And it's always the people that are the most unassuming. You know, it's like a Joe Bob and his kid, like Billy or uh, Janet. You know, it's almost always happens to the most unassuming people, which puts me up in arms. But those on my end are just what I think of when I think of poltergeist. I think of malevolence. I think of pure evil, wishing harm on others, regardless of age, gender, um, you know, just an entity that is pissed off that it's not alive and that you're here. Um, do you feel the same way? Is that, is that what you chalk it up to? Um, yeah, I, 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 that's the thing is it's, it's, it's an unknown force almost. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the idea of, you know, it's, it's this, you know, there's the whole thing of the thing that always terrifies me with like, terrifies is a bit strong but it's the whole you know hmm. when they communicate with spirits they go oh this spirit's never lived as a human and it's like well, what the hell is it then <laughs> um yeah you know is it there uh just to give you a story on this mike and i very nearly had uh the owner of 30 east drive come on the show um mm-hmm. uh he didn't actually come on the show now, what is that uh for 30 east that? drive is the black monk of pontifract um we were in communication with him earlier in very start of this year to actually come on and talk about it. and the black month pontifract is a place called 30 east drive and it's just a terraced house which is a house of you know a house in a series of houses that's meant to be uh haunted by this guy he calls fred who likes to throw stuff around and basically throw tantrums um and the guy just has the house empty and he rents it out for people to stay in um and i can spend a night there it's not cheap it's 500 pounds uh to spend a night at this place uh but you can essentially do investigations there uh but you know this guy swears blind he's had stuff thrown at him he said he's had dominoes thrown straight at his head um and that's the thing you know are they telling the truth or was a domino thrown at his head that that's that's kind of what you what you want to know really it's the uh the open mind with the do you actually accept what is said without question or do you question it yourself um and i think that's one of the things about poltergeist is they are physically moving things this isn't something you see at the corner of your eye um because that's the thing about ghosts is where where i to see a ghost I would probably, by myself, I'd probably disregard it immediately because it's just me seeing it. Um, you know, you and I both know the mind is capable of projecting, you know, your eyes, your sight is being processed by the mind. What's to say mm-hmm. your brain goes, oh, I'm going to dump that image in there, you know, and you think you've seen something, it happens. I've, it happens to me quite a bit sometimes is you think you see something that's not there. Um, I used to think I used to see spiders a lot. Uh, I'd be tired and I'd wake up and I'd see a spider. Uh, the spider wasn't there, but p- for a few seconds I thought there was a spider somewhere. 
Uh, same thing with ghosts. Um, so immediately, you know, if you're seeing something by yourself, um, for me as a, you know, scientific mind, I disregard it immediately and be like, I didn't see that. that that's in my mind. Were it me and you in a room uh, and you said to me, did you just see that guy walk through here into the wall when I did? Uh, well, we've both seen the same thing then. That's that's more interesting there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're right. You're right. And I agree with the whole mind thing. And the thing about poltergeist for me is it's always something small. Um, in my dream poltergeist scenario, okay, there would be 15 people in the room. And I would say, poltergeist, I want you to throw materialize something and throw it across the room i would want a cow to come blasting like remember that scene in jumanji where all the animals plow through the room like that's what i want to see that is like definitive like okay everyone see the rhino burst through the wall and like everything like you need multiple people to corroborate and when we look at these cases it's generally one person truly being haunted Mm -hmm. and everyone else is just being you know suffering around them they all witness um the terror of this one person and each might have their own separate event but never at least what i have come across besides i don't know janet speaking like this is like you know definitive proof that okay we all saw the dresser shoot out the window yep you know yes you have two policemen that say we saw the chair move okay that's a great start Okay, but if that is the height and the extent of this, I, I need more than that. And again, I've never had to be in that situation. If I was in that situation, I would jump out the window. If that was happening to my house and things were just slightly moving, I'm still out. But for me, I need like full definitive proof. So, ugh. yeah, I, I think you know, I think you're you're right there. Um, I think. With with something like poltergeist phenomena, it is a you know it's a physical movements and physical physical movements of things is very hard to deny if a group of people see it. Um, yeah. You know, were we in a room and no one's near something, and let's say you see the the, the old favorite, a chest of drawers gets dragged out across the room and then made to dance in front of you before slamming down. Uh, well. But there's no way you could there's no way you could forge that <laughs> um, I mean there is but it's gonna be a lot more convincing if there are people all surrounding the dresser yeah you know, or like uh, I, I wish James Randy would come and just deep like you know I don't know I don't know because I've never seen it this is so foreign to the the concept of reality that things are gonna fly and move on their own and it's gonna get worse. That's the worst part of this. It's not like, oh, the key moved from the door to the shelf. It's like, no, everything is flying off the hinges and things are flying across the room. So oh, it's horrifying. And that's why it's so enticing. This, Like you said, let's do poltergeist. And I'm like, yeah, like we don't even have to talk about cases, but we will. It's just like the idea of that is horrifying horrifying and whenever someone tries to cover poltergeist bad things happen like in the movie you know the girl died not in real life she died and they had to use a double like that movie was cursed 
you look up the film history, it, it it's a really, really sad story. But um, it just seems like... All right, Glenn, straight up question. What is the worst type of paranormal uh, entity? Uh, um, I think demonic. <laughs> okay, I'd go poltergeist. You know, like demonic, like possession, we're talking? Um... I mean, the, uh, there's like five different stages, isn't there? There's the, you know, the infestation stage, and then there's the basic yeah. where yeah, the, the the five different stages of it. Uh, that that's personally my one that sends shivers down my spine. Um, <laughs> actually, uh, if there was any sort of truth in it, uh, but again, that's a whole different subject, which maybe we should actually do sure. for next week. <laughs> Is um yeah maybe maybe we'll do demons because that goes into the whole philosophical you know if you can prove the existence of God then you can prove the existence of the devil and vice versa. Um, I know just the person for demons, but uh, yeah, yeah okay. I'm, I'm thinking of him as well. <laughs> yeah, okay, good, 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 good. Um, so yeah, anyway, um, yeah, I, for me personally, it's poltergeist. But uh, Glenn, we have some cases. Yes, do you want to uh, go with the first to... one? Oh God! What is the first one? We have it right here. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you one. Um, sure. Uh, this one I'm reading. Of course, listener, take a guess. Where is it from? Spoiler: It's not Alabama. So uh, this is the Horton Heath Poltergeist um, in England. Have you ever heard of this? Uh, yeah, I know this one. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm just going to sum it up, but please feel free to interject because you are literally from this place. Uh, it occurred in the 1970s, all right? Um, and a family was tormented with strange phenomena. So they were sitting around one night in August, and in the middle of the night, the radio came on right next to them. How it turned it on, that's one thing, but it turned into a foreign language station. And that was the start of just a series of events that would go on for four years. Uh, they've said that a lampshade repeatedly was knocked to the floor, you know, just by itself. Mm -hmm. And this is my, uh, I hate to say favorite, but yeah, they, they, this one takes the case. So during the Christmas season of 1972, an ornament was hurled across the room, smashing into the husband's forehead as he flopped into an armchair. The Christmas tree began to shake violently. And then come the new year, there were footsteps in the bedroom. When there was no one there and the couple uh woke up one night and found their son to find an old uh sorry to find a man in old-fashioned like dress staring at the kid so that's when the family's fear grew okay mm -hmm. and they just didn't know what to do and then the knocking started first it was the front door then it was the living room door and then it flung off the hinges and opened Okay, then all the lights came on and off. All right, so they're, they're at their ropes here. Things are escalating. And of course, what do you do when things are flying around your, your house? You get it blessed. Okay, uh, so as that was happening, as you would imagine, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Poltergeist was not happy and objects flew through the air. Um, loud noises were happening. You know, it sounded like furniture was being moved while the blessing was happening. And it was just crashing everywhere. They got a medium. Uh, came and the skeptic said, someone said, you know, it's just the wife causing mayhem. Okay. Could be the tenant's wife, could be any of them, but it doesn't seem like there's anything here. 
Uh, eventually, what do you do when the house it just becomes unbearable? You move. So after four years of torment, the family moved and the poltergeist activity ceased. And every resident afterwards said, nothing is out of the ordinary here. So that is my understanding of the Thornton Heath poltergeist. What have I missed? What have I misinterpreted? Because I would love to hear your angle on this. Well, this is the thing, Damn, isn't it? I must have really screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, one, it's one of those cases where, um, yeah, you could say, why would they lie about this? Um, you know, they have not made any real financial gain off of this. No, no books have come out about it. Um, you know, it's not a a cry to get moved out of a house you don't like. Um, the, the one bit that does stick out is the medium knew the name of the, the supposed spirit that was causing uh, mayhem. Uh, but the problem with that is any you and I both know any medium worth their salt would probably be researching stuff they could they could use to verify later on. Uh, it's the old, yeah. oldest trick in the game. You, you scrape information and you bring it up to someone hopeful and you drop it in. They go, oh, it must be true. They knew the name of so-and-so. Very very easy to glean information out of people if you know how to do it. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that, that's the real thing, isn't it? It's like, is it true? Isn't it true? Um, that's, that's, that's just what you want to know. You know, do we, do we go down the fact that are the family telling the truth or did they get themselves into such a hysteria and panic that a lot of what they thought they witnessed was normal natural phenomena uh, that they just interpreted as uh, spirits like all the lights going on in the house at a dinner party which supposedly happened um, I've had that happen mm. here it's, it's called a, a surge um, where you have a blip where you just get too much wattage into your house and everything flares up um it, it does happen um the ones about like they said they saw the farmer's face of uh, the ghost on tv and the the woman was followed around mm. the house by the farmer's wife and things like that it's it's you know it are they interpreting something that they think is happening to them as something else or is this actually black and white happening to them, but they just can't prove it? Um, I feel like it's a big part of the mind. You know, um, mm -hmm. I want to briefly just talk about rumination. You know, uh, it happens to everyone, mm -hmm. uh, me especially. You get, the, the mind gets caught on an idea, and no matter what you do, it keeps bringing it back, making it worse, and fantasizing about all the different possibilities of that, which also feeds into your you know, physical body uh, as stress and also that you can't really focus on tasks. So now imagine that you are being tormented for years sometimes and you're trying to live a life, uh, raise a family, uh, just uh, be normal. Uh, I can't imagine staying sane for very long because when you're at work or when I, I'm going to say myself, if I was at work, I'd be ruminating about that uh, poltergeist for the entire time I'm there. And then I'd have to go back to it and then things would happen or maybe they wouldn't. But I would think that they happen because it's on my mind so much. It's amazing what the mind can do and who's going to believe me. That's a whole nother rumination. How do I explain this? How do I explain this to myself yet alone to people that, uh, you know, at work or my friends or they're all think I'm nuts. So I can see that the mental 
vortex downward, the inner spiral is going to go so deep that the slightest creak in the house can make you think that you've lost it. Yeah. Am I on like a crazy track here or is no, it like... No, not at all. If you're on edge, um, you know, you're going to be tuned in way more. Uh, you're going to be tuned in way more to any slight noise that sounds out of the ordinary and you're going to immediately go, that's something spectral. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, even as a kid. You know, uh, I've told the story before. I'm not going to tell it again, but like a bump in the night as a kid might as well be an axe murderer. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, the imagination is an incredible thing. And I'm not saying that all these things are imagination, but God, does it not help in the situation? It can only amplify the worries of this person, you know? So, oh, getting anxious just thinking about it. I don't want a freaking poltergeist in my house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the funny thing, I was just flicking through um, about the uh, Thornton Heath poltergeist is there's, there's, yeah. there's no actual orig origin point for this. No one could tell you what the house is. Um, there's no actual, other than the internet, this thing is just there. So, you know, is it a Slender Man thing where it started out as something else mm. and has then taken over? Um, do you know, it would be a little, quite an interesting experiment. Um, I might, I might actually try this. I might actually post something <laughs> made up completely, um, on a website to see if it takes off. Just, just, just to see. Uh, don't waste your time. Yeah, you know, we're already on a podcast talking about something that possibly is, so we know it works. But um, what I think would be better for our listeners is to actually deep dive into this specific one and see if we can come up with some solid facts okay of you know i think that would be good so okay so uh the thornton heath right thornton heath in london uh so to give you an idea now so let's just have a quick look it's thornton heath is that a place yeah yeah, yeah. i'm it's, assuming it's, that's it's a place. place okay okay so thornton heath uh, it's a district of Greater London, so it's, it's near Croydon. Okay, so Croydon. Um, oh, sure, Croydon. Yeah. Yeah, Croydon's. Uh, you know, just outside London. Uh, okay. So it's in Greater London, so it's on the outskirts. Okay, so it's got a population now sixty five thousand. And where are you, Lesser Lesser London? <laughs> I, 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm in the Essex Suffolk border, so London's not too far from me, to be fair. Okay. Okay. Cool. So at, at the time, at the time, the supposed spirits were occupying this house uh it would have been it would have been a small village on the outskirts of london it would have been incorporated into london yet so 1972 uh this place would have been actually made and it would have been part of london so there probably would have been a bit of development a bit more uh money put into the place and it probably would have been you know a few more people living there the tubes have been chucked in you can get there quite easily so there's that to start with um but why 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 would you make up a poltergeist story about it um the the tv thing uh you know i that's the thing i i'd want to see the documentation from the 70s for this actual case um because the TV thing about, you know, we, we know a very famous film, very famous film about a poltergeist where there's a very specific scene with a TV yeah. that's part of it. Um, some people aren't the most imaginative people and will just go, 
I'll, I'll just steal that for my story. Or it, it could have happened. I'm not saying it couldn't have happened. Um, you know, the, the being stared at at the end of the bed by, you know, a threatening ghost or spirit. Every ghost story has that. They always have the bedroom visitor where it's like, I woke up and this person was standing over me. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, if I was a, if I was a sentient spirit um, and I wanted to scare someone out of the home, I wouldn't be standing over their bed waiting for them to wake up. I'd be pulling them out of the bed and dragging them around sure. the room. <laughs> if, you know, if you, can, sure. if you can throw something and you can lift a chest of drawers, you can drag someone out of a bed. Um, you know, if you want to... Yeah, but I'd, I'd, I'd want to be I'd want to be a creepy ghost. You know, I want to stand there and be like, all right, the first thing you're going to see when you open your eyes is me. Like, that's demonic. Ripping them out of bed, sure. That's poltergeist. Mm-hmm. But, like, next level, level two, master level poltergeist is, like, sitting there waiting eight hours while they sleep for the first glimpse that they see is me. Like, <laughs> that's evil. <laughs> Yeah. That's dedication. I mean, where else does the poltergeist have to be? Yeah, you know, it's no, in that place. So. That's that's very true. That is very true. Uh, yeah, you, you, and I, I'm more of a to the point. Whereas you want to finesse it, I'm just kind of like, <laughs> I'm just going to pick you up and throw you down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, I like a little more finesse with my poltergeist than true haunting. But oh, that's funny. But one thing about this case, which leads, uh, it doesn't lead me to anything, but it makes it believable, is that you don't know the origin. No. The guy, like, this isn't on the news. You know, there's no people flocking to them. It's just, it happened. They moved. Details are sparse. Like, I really do want to dive deeper into this one because there's too many what-ifs and not enough concrete evidence, which mm-hmm. means that there's history and there's history to be found. So, um, but yeah, throwing them down the flight of stairs, pretty pretty rough. Um, haunting them as they wake up, badass. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 an interesting. It's definitely an interesting case. Um, yeah, I oh, actually saying that where where I live now. Um, my brother once rented a a flat over a bakery in the the town I actually live in now, and this, this town's pretty old. So you know, it's been here twelve hundred years. Um, settled by wow. settled by the Vikings. Um, him and his his now wife, his girlfriend at the time, they left this flat because they didn't like it. Um, because they they claimed that there was something in the flat with them. Um, I've been there. I've lived that. It's not fun. No, they they they, they yeah they said uh, they had stuff moved, and again, my sister in law, who <laughs> funny enough, funny enough. Is a qualified. Is a poltergeist. Is a qualified, and I shit you not, parapsychologist <laughs> has a degree oh, nice. in psychology. Parasite, and she claims to have seen a, an old woman at night wandering the hallways. Um, and they they spent six months there. That once at least was up. They were like, "Yep, this isn't for us. We're gone." Um, yeah, which is fair. Um, you know, but. Were that were they just on edge? Did they think they see something and they they played off his other energy and they were like, well, this is haunted because he said it's haunted and he's going, well, it's haunted because she said it's haunted, and there's both a bit of back and forth. They're both generating this energy where your mind is filling in the gaps and you know the fact I can't find my car keys. Well, they're always in the place I put them, but this time they were 
in the toilet. And it's like, well, you, you, when you're on autopilot, you tend to do things without thinking about it. The amount of times I've left stuff somewhere and I've gone, this is my usual place where it is and it won't be, it'll be somewhere else. Um, and then I trace back and you'll work back doing a sort of investigation work and you'll go, I did put them there because this aspect of my day was changed and I was interrupted at this point and therefore it threw off my pattern of putting my keys in the same place because I had to go and attend something else and I dumped my keys and ran. But I forgot that part because it's the next day and I'm just looking for my keys. Um, but you know, to a another type of mind, someone might go, something keeps moving my keys. It's like, no, your routine's changed. You're moving your keys, but not remembering it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think this is a good space for me to tell. I, I, looking back now, it could have been a poltergeist story. Uh, I've said it before, and it's, it's short. I had an apartment in New York City. Yes. And it was quite, quite small. And the person I was living with, uh, you know, we had different schedules. And I came home one day, and the apartment was smelled like gas. And I'm talking like, you walked in, and it was so powerful. I had to run and open the window, and I looked, and I had to turn off the gas. It was on. So they came home, and I said, uh, you left the gas on. And they said, I haven't been in the kitchen at all. And I said, okay. Um, and listen... I never used that oven, ever. Mm -hmm. In the year we stayed there, I never used it, okay? Mm -hmm. So that was one thing that cracked up. Oh, just reliving it is just like, yeah, it, that was a rough time. There was another night I put, uh, we, we barely had it furnished, and I was watching TV. And this isn't a late night, like 2 a.m., where I'm half in of, of consciousness, half out of consciousness. The TV went off. Okay. The TV went on. The TV went off. And that's when I called my roommate in and I said, watch. And it continued to go off and on and off and on. Not for a very long time, but it was probably around 40 to 45 seconds of just back and forth. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, whatever. As time went on in that apartment, and again, there's no evidence. There's no evidence except the feeling, you know, and it is what it is. There was a hatred that came over each of us to the point that we were in the kitchen one night and they pulled out a knife. And this person would never do that. But whatever was brewing, and they, listen, we were friends, like there was nothing wrong pulled out a knife, turned into a completely different person, and it caused me to scream their name like a couple times to get them to be like, hey, put down the knife, stop, put down the knife. And they basically just shook out of it. And that's when we moved because there was something wrong with that apartment or there was something, a lot of coincidences that led to that moment, but it wasn't ongoing. Because between the gas and the TV was about three or four months. Mm -hmm. Between the, the TV to the knife was about four months. So it didn't escalate. I mean, it did escalate, but it did not. It wasn't frequent. So, again, could be all in my mind. It, it could have just been, okay, well, maybe I, I left the gas on. Maybe they left the gas on. But the TV going on and off, 
that I don't know. I could chalk it up to a faulty circuit, whatever. It didn't happen again. But the knife, uh, they could have just been having a bad day. Not sure, but it didn't seem like that. Because if you've ever seen someone go from zero to visceral, back to where the hell am I? Could be an episodic breakdown. Could be that. But um, looking back that apartment, there was definitely something um, strange about it. And we did not leave it on a good terms. So that's my personal story with it. Don't know if it was a poltergeist. Don't know if it was just us being negligent or whatever. But it wasn't a fun year living in that place. So that's my own story. Now, um, let me ask. Are you still friends with this person? Or at least in touch? No. Was this no. What, uh, we drifted away. What, after this incident? Um, No, no. After college. Okay, okay. After college. It, it's just, you know, they got another job, I got another job. It's uh, life. You know, there was no bad feelings. Like, woke up the next day, everything was cool. You know, like, I didn't hold it against them. I'm just like, okay, you know, whatever the hell's going on here, we need to get out of here. Cause, and then, guess what? We moved into another apartment. None of that happened. Everything was fine. So, it, I don't know. I, I don't know. And I leave it unexplained and... uh is a weird series of events, but it's not pleasurable to think about. It's not something that sparks joy, but it was weird. So that's that's where I'm at. <laughs> now, so this stuff is yeah. Do you talk to do, me. Right, do you are you still aware of this person? Are they doing well in life, or are they? I have no clue. No clue. Absolutely no clue. Like, couldn't tell you if they were alive or dead. Okay, no, fair. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. No, it's it's, it's an interesting thought, uh, you know, because let's say it's an interesting relationship. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's say, yeah. I mean, you and I both know that someone else's mood can very much influence your own. Um, Absolutely. You know, you can walk into a room, and this this is one of the unexplained parts, and it's it's definitely a thing for psychology. Is you can get the mood of a room. Um, now, yeah. how are we sensing the mood of a room if our five senses, you know, you've got your sight, your vision. Oh, God, we all know the five senses, yes. Yeah, uh, how how are we actually picking up the mood of a room using those five senses? Uh, but we, I've done it, you've done it. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you a, a story. Um, funny enough, when I was shopping around for a house about 15, 16 years ago, um, there was there was nothing wrong with this house, but my, uh, me and my ex we we walked into the house, um, and it was it was a fine house. But within with I'd say within a minute of me crossing this threshold, I was wanting to be sick and nearly doubling over. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wasn't affected, and I said, "I can't be in this house." <laughs> uh, I left. I was absolutely, I went outside and was absolutely fine. But it was literally crossing the threshold of this door. I spent two minutes in this place and felt ill and felt like I'd had a weight put on me and I wanted to vomit. Um, and she she was like, what's the matter? I was like, I can't be in here. Can't be in here. And something was just like literally pushing me out the door. Like, I don't want to be in here. I've got to leave. Um, went outside and eventually, you know, body recovered. Uh, but that was from crossing a threshold of a door. Now, 
was it the fact I didn't like the house or was it the fact there was an energy in the house and I, I was picking up on the vibration of it uh, but it did have definitely have a physical effect me entering that house had a physical effect on my well-being that made me leave the house See, and then the skeptic in me goes, did you eat, like, a rotten blood pudding five hours earlier? Yeah, like, this, this is the thing. I'd agree with you, but it the, the, it came and went as quickly as it started. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. that's it. It didn't hang around. It was just like, well, we're clear of that. It was Bam. almost, if you imagine, uh, I suppose if you imagine going near, like, radiation, the longer you're standing there, you're going to be more exposed. You move away, yeah. you put like that. Uh, it was a horrible feeling, um, but that's again. There was nothing wrong with the house. Uh, I just couldn't be in that house. Yeah. Odd. No, that's yeah, weird. Yeah, very crazy. Yeah. So but let's let's. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, we could sit here. I, I just looking back on it, it's it, it's strange. You know, it's like, well, what made that occur? But remember at the beginning, Glenn. Yep. Where I said America doesn't put up with this stuff, we don't have poltergeists. Boy, was I wrong! So um, <laughs> I'd like to bring. <laughs> Apparently, we do, and I got a hell of a story for you. Uh, this one is called the Danny Poltergeist case. Okay. Have you ever heard of it? No. Go ahead. Oh, good. All right. So the year is 1998. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this reporter brings out a series of articles. Oh, God, this is so American, it makes me vomit, okay? About a possibly haunted antique bed in the home of Al Cobb of where? Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> so I want to believe about that Savannah, Georgia, because it always I just want to believe, I want to believe this guy just, like, got in an antique road show. It's like, well, that looks like a nice bed. Um, I'll give you eight bucks for it, sure. So... Yeah, I don't know what it is about Savannah, Georgia, but like Left 4 Dead, everything, like, I don't know. So, anyway, this bed was vintage from the late 1800s. Like, why? Why? And he bought it as at auction as a Christmas present for his 14-year-old son, Jason. Um, I don't know about you, Glenn, but personally, when and if I ever have kids, I am not going to buy them a haunted bed. Because any bed that is made... Within the past, farther back than ten years is haunted. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I no, I don't want an old bed, but that's me. So, anyway, three nights later after they bought the bed, the son Jason said to his dad, "Hey, I don't want to do the accent. I feel it's out of line." But he felt like someone planted elbows in his pillow and was watching him and breathing cold air down the back of his neck, and that he felt extremely sick. So. What's up? Please do the accent. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, uh, sure, only when they talk. Uh, so the next night, uh, <laughs> this is weird enough, the kid had a picture of his grandparents next to his bed, which is really sweet, mm-hmm. uh, except that they were dead. So um, that picture the next night was flipped down. So we put it up, and then the next day it was down. Mm-hmm. All right. So in the morning he was having breakfast, and he, as a kid would do, he had two beanie babies in the middle of his bed. If you really care, it was a zebra and a tiger. All right. Now, if you're reading this along with me, you can find this article easily. But uh, bottom line is, um, Dad, Mr. Al said, all right, do we have a Casper here? Tell me your name and how old you are. 
And he left some lined paper and some crayons, and they went out for a walk. Okay. They came back. They came back 15 minutes later and found written vertically in a large block childlike letters, Danny, comma, seven. Right. So Al decided, Al Cobb decided to uh, try to communicate with the boy. The same kind of notes. And Danny indicated that his mother died in that bed in 1899, that he wanted to stay with the bed. He also made it clear that he didn't want anyone else sleeping in it. Mm Mm-hmm. So the same day that they found the note in the reading, it said, he got another note, no one sleep in bed. So Jason, who had moved out of the room because he's a smart boy, decided decided to stretch out and pretend to take a nap. And Daddy said that was a mistake because I doubled back in the room to pick up my clothes. And when his terracotta head uh, that had been hanging on the wall came flying through the room, just missing me before it smashed on the closet floor, I knew there was a problem. They couldn't really explain it. Um, They said there were many notes, furniture moving, kitchen drawers opening and shutting, dining room settings flipped, chairs flipped, tables flipped, candles lighting by themselves, posters spelling out the child's name. there's a lot going on in here, and basically, they don't know what happened at Cobb's, okay, um, or without Danny. But the story ends abruptly without any real resolution. So this one ramped up, and it ramped up very quickly. It went from we're going to go out for a walk and leave some notepaper to hi, I'm Danny. Hey, this is my mother died in this bed. Get out of the bed. Don't want you here. I'm throwing stuff. I'm angry. So that's the story. And my very quick takeaway from this is if a boy of seven years old can throw a dresser across the room because he's pissed that someone's sleeping in the bed that his mother died in, I'm sure there are other entities or people that have died with far worse conditions and what can they do so what are your thoughts on the danny poltergeist case glenn well let's just uh, firstly firstly uh <laughs> why would you buy a bed <laughs> like a second listen, bed. listen we both have the same <laughs> it's true uh i don't know it's is there any evidence for this? Actually, do you know what? I, sh- I shouldn't. I shouldn't do that because basically, what, what always ends up happening is uh, if there's no evidence, you just basically end up calling someone a liar. <laughs> that's that's the problem. Is that you have to have uh, yeah. a level of believability because there's never evidence. If there was evidence, um, you'd you'd have it, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd be like, well, these, this is true. Um, mm-hmm. I guess. <sighs> Is, has this ever been verified this boy existed who identified himself? No. And you know what's even more interesting is that when you look up this boy and you look up this case, do you know what comes out? Go on. The Battersea Poltergeist. Really? So this could be the same case. And it does have very similar... I mean, I just pulled this up from, you know, the top uh, paranormal uh, poltergeist. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure this is the Battersea poltergeist that we're talking about here. But Battersea poltergeist is where, Glenn? Uh, the Battersea poltergeist is jolly old England. 
Yeah, and this is in Savannah, Georgia, and there are extreme similarities between this. Like, I'm I'm having one of those mind-blowing moments right now, like, okay, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Why are there so many similarities? Why is Danny a prominent name throughout both cases? Like, but this happened in Savannah, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Or 20 years after the Battersea Poltergeist. So... And there's little to nothing about it on the internet. There's really very little besides the Battersea. So anyway, I, I, I'm more interested on your thoughts on this. Like, what the hell? Um, I mean, did, the, did the, was there any? Did they make any sort of financial gain out of this, or was it just uh, we bought this bed never and this happened? To. Yeah, that's it. You know, that's it. And that brings me to possession. Almost think of Annabelle. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. You know, that, that's, that's where my mind's going on this one. Like, I don't personally believe that anything's, you know, imbued on an inanimate object. But God, this is a... That's a hell of a story. That's a hell of an imagination. And I want to know more. But having stuff fly across the room, is it's just like... By 1998, I'm pretty sure we had the internet. <laughs> like, you could come up with this story. But there is no evidence. There is nothing. It's just uh, an old man and his son, you know, got a bed. Things started happening, and it got worse. So it sounds like every other Poltergeist story, I'd like to know more. So that's what I have on the Danny Poltergeist case. Yeah, uh, that's that's interesting, and that's a very nice segue into... We might as well talk about the Battersea Poltergeist while we're here. Yes. Now, yeah, the Battersea Poltergeist... To take you through it is the story of a girl called Shirley Hitchings who had 12 years experience of uh, being haunted by a poltergeist that she dubbed Donald. Now, uh, this poltergeist actually ended up being mentioned inside of the House of Commons, which is basically like the US Senate. Uh, So it ended up actually being discussed in there briefly. Uh, so what happened is this girl, who is now 80, uh, was haunted by this thing uh, for 12 years. Uh, so off of the back of this, she actually lost her job at Selfridges uh, when all the scissors disappeared. Um, she was strip searched by the nurse to look for these scissors. None were actually found, but people did confirm the scissors disappeared uh, at their place of work, just vanished. Uh, and when she revealed she was the poltergeist girl who'd been in the papers, she got the sack. Um, the ghost even followed her to um, a TV studio uh, when she went on to actually discuss it. And the TV show host claimed to have heard it speak uh, before he they actually went on. So he actually heard this thing speak to him. Now... Did he or didn't he? That's that's the thing. <laughs> you know, he's a TV host. He he might he might have just banished it. Yeah. yeah, it's just it. It's uh, you know his job is to basically make entertainment. Um, I wouldn't take the word of a TV host uh, over the word of say a solicitor, a police officer. Yeah, um, you, you know, know. He's, he's he's not going to have someone on his show and then go, oh well, nothing actually happened. How disappointing. Um, yeah, but you never know. You never know. Um, so, it's it's an interesting one. Uh, so, yeah, basically she was harassed for 12 years and then it eventually, again, died down. Um, 
you know the 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 girls now the woman's late uh late grandmother warned her it was the devil she was actually communicating with um was it the devil we don't know but um i suppose if stuff like that's happening to you it's gonna be it's gonna be uh make you think twice about it so again it's another one where there's lots and lots and lots of evidence and you had an actual paranormal investigator there for a long time uh basically watching this girl grow up uh, uh 63 Wycliffe Road which I believe no longer exists basically watching this girl grow up uh whilst doing an investigation um and he didn't actually really see that much happen um you know there's there's things like they were talking about they saw a clock floating through the air and it's like well if this is the thing i, I don't get right is fair enough back then it would have been harder to capture but if you had something like that happen now um you're going to be whipping a phone out that's that's kind of as a gener yeah. as a generation especially the younger generation we are taught to share everything we see online and uh, something like that you'd be like this is going to be this is going to go viral um people might call you a fraud um and that's that's the thing is the complete lack of evidence that is out there now now let's do an experiment actually whilst we're here uh i'm gonna go on youtube and i'm gonna type in uh real poltergeist caught on tape there we go and It's a picture of you in your room. Ah, yeah, God, imagine that. Right, here we go. Right, I'm going to send you this, Mike. And I'm going to put a link in here. He thinks there's a squatter in the house. Now. Okay. Okay, the house is trashed, folks. Yep. The house. Yeah, he's just okay, walking I'm doing around. This double speed for the sake of everyone. Okay, guys walking around. Okay, first off, this guy's house is a pile of garbage. Okay, this is not a house. This is a, a condemned... I don't even know. Okay, he's walking around the house saying, hello, 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 is anyone here? Maybe clean up your house first before you start... Doing yeah. it. Maybe he's doing construction. Anyway. Th yeah, this is exactly how I would imagine a, a poltergeist uh, house to look like. It's normal, except that it is decrepit. Nice house. In a state of disarray. Great. Beautiful bathroom. Really appreciate that. Two bathrooms back to back. Weird layout of a house. But. Okay. I'm waiting. Where's this poltergeist? Well, if you go to 135. Go to 135, Mike. Uh, that's where I am. Yep. You'll see the door open. And the door does. Ah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, a door opens. Okay, the window's open, and so someone that, could have pulled it, the string. It kicks the door open. Uh, okay, lights flickering on and off. Okay. Oh, I've seen this video, and like, he drops the camera because he's scared. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What, what, what do we take? I'll put this video in the link, but we've basically what we've just seen is the door open, the guy walks into the room, and then the door closes. Um, okay. Glenn, this... He drops the camera, and then the camera moves, and then the camera does a full uh, 360 no-scope, okay, by itself. Mm -hmm. The guy could easily be right next to it flipping the camera. Yeah, of course. It's silent. Cool. This is definitely not 
poltergeist activity, a door open by itself. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah. So what's the experiment? No, Do we think it's, it's real? Yeah, that's it though. But that's been posted no. on there. But why is the video always so bad? <laughs> like, why is it because always... Because it's not real. Yeah, but this is the thing. If, <laughs> if you're trying to prove this is real, like, learn about, right, I need to frame this so everyone can see there is no one messing with this. Like, at all. But if you're scared out of your mind, that that's the last thing on your mind. But Glenn... We are running low on time. We must discuss Enfield. Yes. We have to. Like, we just can't. Like, the biggest case in poltergeist history, we must do it. So, in five minutes or less, let's bang this one out. All right? I mean, we did do, Talk a, to we did do a whole episode on it. <laughs> I know, which why it still warrants five minutes from us. So Yeah, right. so en- Enfield history. is the gold standard uh, of... It's the gold standard of poltergeist cases. So, yeah. basically... Woman, kids, house, Enfield, London, uh, is haunted by a the ghost, a ghost or ghost or a spirit uh, that is uh, basically messes of a girl called Janet, and what I say messes, uh, basically throws her around, makes chairs move, was verified by the police um, as a you know. We did see something move. Uh, we saw a chair move, so they did have that, and it was invested by Guy Lyon Playfair, who was a very famous, very famous um, ghost investigator, and Boris Gross, who again was a famous, famous ghost investigator. Um, they went there, and it died down, and then eventually moved on, and since then. Um, you know, they've never actually said it was made up. They've always insisted, insisted it was, uh, it did actually happen. Mm-hmm. And it's again, it's one it's... of those things where it just fades away. It's a young girl who's going through puberty. Uh, there's a lot of activity happened. She was caught faking it a couple of times and then admitted to it and said the whole, I didn't fake everything. Um, part aspect but that's one of the problems I always have is the minute someone says oh some of it was faked you want to go well why were you faking it mm. uh, again another one with Ed and Lorraine Warren turned up um, and if you want to see that uh, what their involvement in that I believe what actually happened rather than the conjuring 2 is they turned up for a few minutes and were quietly told to leave when I believe Ed Warren said to Morris Gross, boy, you could make a fortune out of this place. Um, and I think yeah. they, they basically said, that's not really what we're here for, on your bike, and they left. Um, again, Enfield Poltergeist, it's got evidence, there is some evidence, Um but there's also a lot of evidence for fakery. Now, the one bit, and we keep going back to this, the one bit that does interest me with this is the police saying they saw stuff move. Um, what do you think about that, Mike? Say it again. I was on that. <laughs> the police saying saying um, oh. they, they saw stuff move. Now, the end. Listen, of- people people see things all the time. I. Uh, 
people play jokes all the time. Uh, I don't know. I saw the policeman and woman give the statement. They weren't nor they were shook, like in terms of as shook as a British person can be. They were like, "Well, I did do say, my dear, that uh, yes, the, the furniture did move across the room." Like, yeah, you know, it was. I I don't know. I give them more credit, but they're still human, you know. And there's still so many variables that could have led them to say that. So, um, uh, it's convincing. The whole damn thing is convincing, especially when you watch the footage. But the, then you find out that it was faked, and mm-hmm. parts of it were faked, and it makes you question the validity of it all. So um, it's a fascinating case. And it's one really worth listening to and diving into. If you have time for only one paranormal uh, poltergeist case to look into, I would suggest this one, because there's hundreds of hours worth of audio to listen to, like hundreds. So uh, you want evidence? It might not be true evidence, but there is stuff out there that you can listen to. But in terms of the cops, sure, I'll believe them. You know, I have nothing. I want to believe them. I want to believe that things, you know, are flying across the room. Not on those people, but sure. Mm-hmm. How about you? Do you, do you take uh, their word more than the average Joe? Uh, that's, that's the thing. The one that always gets me with this, it's the... It's, it's the police officer saying they signed they signed a legally binding yeah. document that said they believed to the best of their recollection they saw this thing move this chair move across the room yeah. not a little bit it moved a few feet um, yeah. and if, if that's true and it, you know if that's true and there is truth in that, You've just proved the existence of either telekinesis <laughs> or the afterlife. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if I'm willing to put that on two police people. But yeah, uh, again, a lot, a lot of people have signed things and lied about it. Uh, I don't know, but I just want evidence. I want clear evidence. I don't want hearsay. I want on video as clear as day. Okay, just uh, something materializing, winding up like Babe Ruth and throwing it through a wall. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, then we can all put it to rest. You know, like, definitive evidence of... Ugh, the night, it, it can't happen. It just can't happen. Because these things happen when no one's around. These things happen uh, to the most unassuming people in the most unassuming places that don't have full camera recording. Maybe in 20, 30, 50, 100 years, we will all have cameras in our houses that can detect everything and we can see it when we're not there and then we can prove that there was no one in the house and that this happened by itself. But uh, until that moment, I don't believe anybody. (laughs) I don't even believe myself. So why am I going to believe anyone else? You know, if I saw something, which I have, I don't believe it. And now I'm going to believe a complete stranger saying that a chair came across the room. Cool story, bro. Like, great story. But that's how I'm going to take it. But I'm a skeptic. I want to believe. Just give me evidence. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's that's fair. Is, you know, you want to believe, give you evidence. And that's, that's all we can ask for, really, is... Yeah. It's like editing it. If you want, if you want the field of paranormal research to move forward, you need to apply scientific method to it. Uh, it's just like anything. You need, you need to go. What are the hard facts here? What are experiments I can control? 
can I reproduce this? What's the stimuli in this? What's the common cause that's causing this? Um, and that's it. Um, yeah, and I agree. It's uh, but that's not how ghost hunting works. No, it's not at all. No, it's it's not it's at based... all. Anyway, yeah, no. It'd be a very sterile, sterile um, atmosphere. Is uh, if you actually treated ghost hunting for scientific experiments, it would be yeah. boring and wouldn't make for very interesting campfire stories at all. And that's why we're really here: is the campfire stories, not to disprove or prove but to tell a good story and i think we have over the course of this episode and there's many more cases but i think uh it, it was it's interesting to go into these because there's so much room for debate there's so many places we can look for uh you know find logical explanation where there mm-hmm. isn't any so uh i would seriously if you're interested in this stuff, go and take a deep dive. We did last year, and it was incredible. So have fun with it. Uh, we, we certainly are. But Glenn, any closing thoughts? Yes. No. Um, again, my mind goes back to our two-part episode from last year on the Warrens. That, yeah. you know, paranormal is big business. You can make a very, very, very healthy living at promoting it. And making audacious claims sometimes people use it just for that to make money sometimes people use it as a cry for help sometimes people don't understand what it is they're experiencing and then sometimes there's the stuff you can't explain beautifully put and for mm. this episode i have been glenn and i have been mike and take care and we will talk to you next week Bye.